This is CJ and you are listening to Telecast PH, the Telework PH outsourcing podcast with your host, BizDevJeff. Telework PH Outsourcing Solutions, Inc., located here in the Philippines, has the solution to your outsourcing needs. Outsource and scale up with Telework PH. And now your host, BizDevJeff. Thank you, CJ. Telecast PH is a podcast dedicated to discussing the benefits of outsourcing, positive mindset, startup and business advice, and a behind-the-scenes look at how outsourcing some of the non-core aspects of your enterprise, Telework PH, your business can scale up quicker and you can join in our mission to eliminate poverty in the Philippines. And of course, if you want to find out more about us, you just hop on over to www.teleworkph.com. Joining us today is Daryl Holliday, Director of Customer Support at Stack Sports. He's going to give us his insight on running a successful customer support department. Stick around. Hey guys, and welcome one and all to episode three of Telecast PH. I'm BizDev Jeff, your host. Sincerely, thank you for joining. And again, a big thank you to everyone who's been listening and who has subscribed to our podcast. Today I have as my guest, Daryl Holliday. Daryl is the Director of Customer Support for Stack Sports, located in Plano, Texas. You may have seen Stack Sports in the news lately, as they just recently acquired two new products, Blue Sombrero and Affinity Sports from Dick Sporting Goods. Now, this acquisition makes Stack Sports the leader in team and league management with the largest customer base on the planet. And we here at Telework PH handle a lot of the uh, tech support for Stack Sports. Hey, Daryl, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. You had never been to the Philippines prior to outsourcing. Right. And this is what your second time here, right? Yes. Okay, so is it everything you expected? Is it what you expected? or? Um. No, it really wasn't. Not at first. So initially, the way that a lot of things, you know, my perception and things along those lines is, you know, you have Manila, the city is the city and just everything outside of Manila was, you know, kind of shanty towns and shacks and things along those lines. And that is definitely not the case. (laughs) (laughs) It actually kind of reminds me a lot of uh, small town south. Really? Whenever you get off the highways and stuff in, in the south and in the U.S., and it's just kind of these, you know, just these little pocket towns and suburbs and stuff. The rural areas, right? Yeah. So, I mean, has there has there been, like, a lot of uh, culture shock? Um, I would say a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm a fairly seasoned traveler, so, I mean, I generally kind of – do a little bit of research before I go anywhere just to make sure I don't just offend people just by doing normal everyday things to me. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and so I did a little, you know, always do a little bit of research. Plus, you know, I told you before, like I have an aunt that is a Filipina. So mm-hmm. I kind of already had some insight and just, you know, the level of politeness and niceness and all this other stuff. So, you know, that you don't go in and, 
I'll be too standoffish or anything along those lines because everybody around you is going to be super friendly anyway. So. Oh, exactly. I mean, yeah, Filipinos are extremely, oh, extremely yeah. friendly. Very much know. so. Because I, I, I know before I came here, I did the same thing. Um, you know, that was 10 years ago when I first visited the Philippines. And it was just, for me, it was like, uh, it really wasn't what I was, you know, I thought I was going to be like, you know, I, I guess I had this idea in my mind that there were going to be people running around in hula skirts and, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and, and you know, beaches everywhere. Flowers but, in their hair. Right. But, you know, when you get here and you realize that it's actually a thriving country, you know, with, with big cities and the big city problems that they have and the traffic problems and, and everything else. So it's, you know, it's, it's a step away from, from the U.S. So, but, you know, it's just not always what people think it's no, going to be. No, it's really not. Right. So, so anyway, let's move on. Um, so you've been with, with stack sports for what? Three years, two now? years, two years now. Um, you want to tell a little bit about that journey? How did you, how'd you come with stack sports and become the director of, of customer support? Okay. So, um, yeah, I started off in call centers, uh, fairly young when I was like about 18, 19 years old. Uh, Jumped out of it for a little bit to go back and complete my education. Uh, found my way right back into it right after. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I've done call centers for, like, insurance companies. Uh, uh, there was one that was, a, like, the FSA accounts, uh, you know, figuring out which claims. And it was weird and crazy. Uh, <laughs> done uh, AT&T long-distance billing I worked with a lot of just various call centers and eventually found my way into uh, software, uh, dealing with customer support contact centers. Uh, I fell out of that again after, you know, did it for a little while and I was like, all right, so it's, it's neat working for like a small company that all of a sudden gets really big, but uh, I want to get something a little bit more established. So I went and worked back in insurance for, a little, you know, about a year and then found myself missing working for a software <laughs> company. So, uh, ended up, you know, just reaching out and applying to, uh, stack and got kind of fortunate, um, that somebody there had, um, heard of some things that I did at my previous company, Lanyon, um, and I was able to get in, uh, just as a manager to start off with and within like, I want to say two months, uh, there was some, you know, there were some changes and I ended up being director. <laughs> uh, all right. So we were accumulating a lot of companies and we had all these different entities within the company that are doing support their own ways. And, and so we put a lot of effort into bringing that all together. And then soon after we did that and started like creating some real repeatable processes and stuff, this remember we put the pedal to the metal on offshore <laughs> Uh, you know, because we already we built in some really solid foundations, and we had already had some staff that was offshore, and we saw success there. And it's like, well, then we know we can reduce costs further if we just go ahead and right do more because we know everybody over there is capable of doing this and doing it well. So, so you weren't you weren't shocked when you heard that that uh, Stack was had already been doing some outsourcing mm -hmm. or, and no, I've done it. I'd, I'd, Worked uh, with some uh, offshore with India at the at a previous software company. Uh, we had a couple of agents out there. They did theirs a bit different. Uh, 
rather than actually um, doing um, having like a broker or something like that, they actually hired people directly out of there. Uh, I think they started with a broker and then they kind of swooped in. To- <laughs> <laughs> but so you you had never worked with like a Filipino staff, no, or, no, So that was no. that was a little bit that was that was completely new. That was new to me uh, working with beginning with Marge initially and having her just kind of walk me through everything. She'd already been working with uh, Crossover. Right. Nothing required for at least a year or so before that. So, so then besides like the obvious cost savings mm-hmm. of, of outsourcing, you see um, other benefits as well. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that made a lot of this decision easier is that Crossover, which used to be one of our companies, uh, had all their support offshore, every bit of it. And they had a consistently high customer satisfaction rating. And that made it pretty much an easy sell when we wanted to look at ways to kind of save money but not have a dip in, you know, customer satisfaction. Right, exactly. And those things. So, um, I mean, it, we took some steps. And, I, I mean, we put it out a plan to do it over the course of, like, you know, a handful of months, about half a year. And now the bulk of everything that we have <laughs> offshore, uh, except for, you know, a handful of resources back in Plano. I remember that, um, you know, because obviously I was I was around back then with, with telework and was doing crossover support. So I do remember those first uh, those first few months with Stack Sports. And, and at that time, you know, you were brand new and there were a lot of changes, as you mentioned, that were going on in Stack Sports. Yep. It was almost like they were a newly formed uh, conglomeration we of were a products. Very large startup. We were like, <laughs> I mean, because they, they, I mean, we had a lot of startup mentality and a lot of startup problems. Uh, but it's, yeah, it, but we were still very large because I, mean, I think whenever I first started, they had like 17 companies and within like six months be, being there, we'd acquired like a, like five or six more. Um, there's, uh, when we were putting together, you know, making, trying to build something that like a big software suite, which we're, you know, we have been continuing to do. Right. So when it comes to the support department, when you were moved to your current position after those changes that were made, did you go with the, the current culture that was going on in, in the customer support? Or did you feel that you needed to enhance that, create your own? Definitely always create my own on that one. I'm not, this is one of the reasons why I didn't really enjoy working for established, long, older companies is because, and why I wanted to get back into software is because I like being able to have my own kind of spin on things. And typically with a startup, I mean, you build your culture instead of, you know, coming in and, you know, having to adapt, which I'd rather culture build, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest. Because I have a certain way that I like to lead a department and lead my leaders and lead my agents that doesn't necessarily always kind of gravitate to older ideas. Right. <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I, I've, I know I've seen you in action, obviously, because you know, we've been working together for for almost that whole time, you know, yeah. for two years. So what what do you think, maybe not just with this customer support, but just customer support in general, what do you think is the most challenging part um, of running a customer support department? Uh, typically, um, being an entry point within an organization, one of the things, you know, especially nowadays, people 
want to see things, you know, want to see change faster. They want to see career progression quicker, and which I'm mostly okay with just because I always kind of view myself as like a minor league ball club manager that's trying to get everybody up to the majors. But I mean, it, as quick as I feel like we do progress people's careers and things, it never seems quite fast enough <laughs> for, for, for the younger people nowadays. Right. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of funny. It's like, I'm ready to move up. I want to be CEO. You've been here for three months. Uh, <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, that's that's typically one of the challenges. I mean, people uh, tend to come in and they they really get excited. They see their you know potential and they really want to maximize that as fast as they can, which is good. It's better than the opposite. Right, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, you find that, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've witnessed it, how you have moved people up, right? you know, from within the ones that, that do mm-hmm. deserve it and maybe not as fast as they want to be moved up. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and that was part of our offshoring plan, though, <laughs> was that was how that was how we freed up some space to do that. Wasn't that we just went in and like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, we're just offshoring all you guys. Bye. See you. It was mm-hmm. uh, that was why we spent as much time as we did with our plan. Is you know we didn't want to be thoughtless or inconsiderate or just dumb to be honest about right. the way we did this, and so you know we put we went into overdrive of taking a lot of this experience that we we did accumulated and disseminating it throughout the company into other departments that were in you know career advancement for those individuals. So you weren't really prepared uh, to move so quickly that you were letting people go in, right. in, in order to favor for the cost savings of, of exactly. outsourcing. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of the more responsible way to do that, to be honest. Absolutely. I agree with you because that is one, I know that's one of the, uh, the challenges that a lot of CEOs and business owners do face is, well, do I have to let all my people go in order to outsource? Um, you know, if I'm going to have an, an overseas staff, what about the people I have now and the way that you did it, you know, by spreading it out and, and, and finding those rock stars and those winners and putting them in other places mm-hmm. that opened up that freed up that, that spot. That's, that's, that's amazing. So my next question, what, what do you consider the best qualities for, for a customer support agent? Oh, okay. So there's a few, uh, quite a few. So tend to like to bring people in with some leadership skills because we know how fast people want to progress, and that is one of the better ways to make sure that whoever you get, you're getting to capitalize on them. You know, not as soon as they get good, they're already trying to get over to another job. But somebody with some leadership skills, a lot of times that they're able to progress into leadership within your organization. So you still get to keep them within support and have that experience with them. But they have to be able to communicate well. Absolutely, I mean, right. Written, over the phone. They have to be able to, you have to have integrity, that's for sure, because you have to be able to be honest about every situation, every interaction with the, with the customer, whether it goes good or goes bad, and document it well, because if it's not documented, it didn't happen. Right. I've, I've heard you say that a hundred thousand times. Uh, but in, in having that, that ability to adapt your communications with people, I mean, you could have someone that you know is very well versed with software and computers and be able to follow some vague instructions and get to where they need to go but then you also have 
somebody that only deals with your software about once a year and they're volunteer and they're doing it in their off time and they don't really work with computers often. So, you know, you have to take the time and the care to be able to explain something to someone without making them feel like they're dumb or ignorant right. or anything. Well, because you work in it every day, they work in it once a year. Exactly. <laughs> so you're looking for things like empathy, you know, soft skills. Right. Basically. Absolutely. So like Gary, like Gary V says, you know, you, you hire somebody that has the right attitude, skills you can teach. Right. But if they have a piss poor attitude... You know what I mean? No you, don't, you don't want to spend all that time, you know, to, to root them out or try to teach them to have a better attitude. Right. Yeah, because yeah. uh, bad attitude, that is about the worst virus that can hit your hit your organization. That, that stuff spreads. Absolutely, yeah. I agree 100%. So I, I know that um, you know, since Stack is pretty widespread it has a lot of products i'm certain some of the customers that have been around with some of those products prior to the acquisitions may be giving you some pushback um about offshoring outsourcing when they find out that uh that you have a filipino staff um i have seen some i mean there there's always some of that i mean there are people that have biases that are usually uninformed uh where they make an assumption that because there's somebody that has a slight accent mm-hmm. and some that don't have any because there's whenever they don't have any accent, they think they're getting the great, greatest service ever, <laughs> uh, that they, they make assumptions there that aren't unfounded that these, you know, that any individual that's trying to service them and they don't sound like native English speakers that they're not getting the best quality service. Right. But overall, I mean, overall there's been more, there's been more positive than, than negative. I mean, there's always going to be a negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, being in Texas, we're always going to get a little bit of it. I mean, I have an accent. I know it. Uh, and I've had people, whenever I was on the phone, you know, working with people from up north and things along those lines that, you know, make assumptions about me based on my accent. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that will tend to make assumptions just based on the sound of somebody's voice. And there's no getting away from that, whether you're doing it within the U.S. or outside of it. I mean, AT&T, I know that they outsource because I'm one of their customers <laughs> and I call them. And then a lot of times I know I'm talking to someone in India. Okay. They they still know how to take care of my question. So so they're, they're just as knowledgeable, if not more. Than, than some of uh, they're not more knowledgeable yeah. than I am because yeah, they, it's their job yeah, exactly <laughs> right so this being your second trip you you've had a lot of time to spend with the agents mm-hmm. with the leadership that we have here what what impresses you the most about you know our the Filipino staff here the leadership here I would say uh, adaptability I mean because that as far as I'm concerned that is probably one of the most important skills in the modern business world because things change so quickly constantly and being able to adapt to those are how you thrive and the people that can adapt are the ones that end up falling off and have those bad attitudes and things like that so being able to adapt to change and go into it with a good attitude is important and the staff that I've worked with in the Philippines are as adaptable as any other staff I've ever worked with. 
initial, I mean, it was, it was funny because I, I did kind of wonder how well they would adapt to me and my style of mm-hmm. how I work with, with my staff. Because a lot of times, you know, they, whenever they would talk to me, it was very, you know, yes, sir. Yes. Noted boss. Mm-hmm. Yes. As you said, boss. And if I, if I said anything to him, uh, it seemed to be a certain level of concern on their part. Like they were worried, you know, Oh, he noticed something. It's going to be wrong. Now I'm going to be in trouble. And whenever I came here initially, the first time is everybody's like, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Hello, mm-hmm. sir. Now I've been around them enough to kind of get them adapted to how I am. Cause I tend to be very friendly and open with my staff. And I like to joke with them and have fun and, a little, a little more comfortable now. A little bit more comfortable because, I mean, I wanted the same culture that I have in my in the office in Plano over here. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that was my goal. I mean, that I, that's what I see the best results out of is, you know, whenever someone has to go somewhere and spend nine hours a day, you know, working, they should at least kind of enjoy it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so now, whenever I came here, as soon as everybody saw me, they said, hey, Daryl, hey, mm-hmm. how you doing, Daryl? Okay, so you're impressed with the agents. You're impressed with, with our company here. What, what about on the converse? Do you see what what negative points do you, do you see that, if anything? Um... Negative points with outsourcing. Um, I don't. I don't want to paint everything with no, rose-colored no. glasses. No, I get it. You know, no, so. the, I'm, typically, I've had my own biases with remote employees uh, because whenever I do work with them, I tell them, you know, you have to be available. Like if I send you a message, even if it's you know, I'm in the middle of something right now, I can't discuss it with you. I want it quickly. I want to feel like you're right there. That I, you know, right. I'm talking to you face to face. And so you still run into a little bit of that. I mean, because not everybody, you know, when it comes to like the leaders that we have walking around, they're, they're not constantly staring at their phones. They're, you know, working with people and things like that. And I can't look over and see that. Right. I, uh, so there's, there's a certain, uh, you know, blindness and trust that comes with it. I mean, it's, it's better than remote because, you know, when somebody's sitting around and there's, you know, pajama bottoms working in their living room, if they go and make, make a bowl of cereal, I don't know it. Right. Not that I would even want to, but <laughs> it's a, it's a legitimate reason not to answer. But whenever I'm on my end and I don't know why, then I'm like, why am I not getting an answer? You know, whenever I have staff and, in, in, you know, sitting in the same area as me in Plano and I could look over and see, okay, he's talking to him so I can wait a second and then ask my question. Uh, I can't really do that over here. So, you know, I might message somebody and say, Hey, I got a quick question and I get a response. And then I start getting impatient. And so <laughs> message somebody up, Hey, where's so-and-so that's, that's, tip, that's a typical drawback. I mean, and that's always any kind of drawback when you're not in the same office I and mean, that'd be the same is if we had somebody in our, which we have had in, in our Colorado office where I had somebody working there and I'm here and not here, but I'm in Plano. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to say here. I'm used to being in Plano. Uh, but whenever I'm in Plano and I would message somebody at the Colorado office, I still couldn't see. So it's still the same problem. It's, it's the same problems that you would have with any kind of remote or 
staff at, in, in another office. And it's just that lack of visual. Right. But at this point, um, we've reached a pretty good streamline of communication. Yeah. But, you know, like, so like, yeah, what you're saying is if someone's away from their, their, their computer. Yeah. And you don't know that. And they're, they're in the restroom. Or the restroom or uh, doing, or actually, you know, doing part of their job. Right. This requires them to step away. Yeah. Uh, that it's that it's just not being able to, you know, see it on, in an instant. Anyway. So, I mean, was it, was it difficult at first to build that trust? No, I wouldn't say so. Uh, because I'm, I'm accustomed to it. I've, mm-hmm. I've worked with people, you know, I worked with people in England and things like that. And I didn't, I couldn't watch them constantly. And it, it's the same thing. It's just somebody working there. And until somebody actually gives you a reason to not trust them. Right. Then Absolutely. it's, it's, it's just, that's one of my own personal hangups with not working in the same building with somebody that I work with. <laughs> but it's, a, I mean, it's a big difference working with somebody in, you know, with a company in this kind of setting, an office setting, rather than just freelancers on Upwork or... Oh, you mean like working from home? And you things? know, those that work from home. It's it's a lot of big advantages to... Oh, yeah. No. Having the office space settings, you know, it's like we have backup internet, we have backup, uh, you know, generator. You have uh, leaders that can <laughs> communicate to me whenever, you know, anything's going on with an individual or they can, you know, let me know what's going on instead of us having to bother agents, uh, around and catch coachable moments right on those lines but in, in which it's harder to catch a coachable moment on somebody that's working from home or remote somewhere like that because you're not going to just walk around and hear them just off the cuff I mean, you actually have to make that whole effort to say okay i'm going to take some time and I'm just listen, randomly listen to some of this person's calls throughout the day which everyone should do but it's not as easy as, you know, sitting at your desk working on something that you need to work on and then you just catch something in your ear where it's like, oh, that sounds like a call that may not be going so well. Right, right. You know, let me go over there and help my agent out. An office setting allows that in, you know, both of our offices, Plano as well as here in the Philippines. So with our, you know, our agents here are doing phone support, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as well as email and chat. And, and chat. The the English level, the English, the accent, the the communication, uh, the ability to communicate with the the customers hasn't really been much of a problem. No, not at all. Everyone speaks very good English here. Uh, uh, I've been around Filipinos that don't speak very good mm-hmm. English. You know, as part of the visiting here, you know, when I go to the mall or. Something along those lines. Uh, and it's a definite difference. I mean, you can tell whenever somebody starts looking a little lost and confused when you're outside of the office compared to whenever I'm here and I can sit there and talk to everybody like I would back at home, you know, slang and all. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, what, that's what's really amazing to me. I mean, it, it, when you talk to Marge or Phil, you know, Phil especially – you can close your eyes and you'd never think you were no. speaking to a Filipino because no. he, he has like, like no accent. No. I mean, and his, his English is just amazingly perfect, you know. Um, same with March. Yeah. You know, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't know. So no, it's funny because, yeah, my, my aunt that was a Filipino lived uh, in 
you know, in the States since, I want to say, the mid-70s. And she still always had a way stronger accent. <laughs> well, <laughs> a way stronger accent. So, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I got to give them props because, you know, I've, I've been around for 10 years. My wife is Filipina. And I still cannot learn to Galog well enough to have an actual conversation with somebody. Yet here, you know, they're learning English as a second language mm-hmm. more than to just have a conversation, but to actually offer technical support to people on the phone. I mean, that's well, just amazing to me. And well, I imagine it's only get better, though, just because, like, I've been around a lot of children on this trip. And those kids, those kids speak very good English. They know it really well, and they were able to go back and forth really quickly and easily. And uh, it's funny they were sitting there talking about like YouTube videos that my son watches, and you know, I, I made sure I recorded a video of them so that I could show him that whenever I get back home, yeah. just because. Like both of our sons like to play Roblox. Yes, Ro- Roblox. Yes. Yeah. Because. Yeah. yeah, and they all. Yeah, they're just. Their English is so good, and it's getting that good early. I imagine it's probably going to be better here in about 15 years. <laughs> Absolutely. So getting back to uh, the beginning of our conversation, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you, when you first arrived here, and, you know, I, I know you knew that there was a lot of poverty in, 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 in yeah. rural areas, and was it what you expected to see? Ah. Mm, uh... Sort of and sort of not. I mean, it it was a bit just because uh, I kind of, I don't know, you know the commercials. Right, for exactly. 30 cents a month or whatever, you can exactly. be a kid forever. Um, that was kind of what I thought most of it was going to be. So things are looking pretty good in a lot of the places that I've been. I mean, I've driven through some places that are definitely not quite as nice and still been witness to a few things, you know, like definitely like some kids that were, you know, walking around looking for change and met a couple of them last time I was here. Uh, they were really cool. They sat around, talked to me, asked me questions like, do blue, do blue eyes see as good as dark eyes? And, <laughs> uh, things along those lines. And then found out like one of them had already had to drop out of school. He's like in fifth grade and just because his parents couldn't afford books anymore. Which, you know, in my head, I'm like, how can I, I was like, I want to give this kid money to go to school, but I don't know where it'll end up. But, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, that, that kind of stuck with me. I did not. Yeah. I didn't like that. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a, that's a pretty common problem. Right. You know, around here, um, especially here um, in Baliwag, uh, you know, the poverty rate is pretty high. So. Knowing that that Telework PH is on the mission, you know, to to eliminate poverty in the Philippines, and that's why we're in the rural area. And knowing then that that what you're doing mm-hmm. by by outsourcing with us is making an impact on poverty, uh, you know, to help out these areas that that that's an extra added bonus to that to that feeling um, of of the usefulness for for what we're doing here. Well, yeah, because it kind of reminds me. All right, so I went on a trip. Um, last, after I came here last time, let's say, uh, just a couple weeks after I had to drive up to Kentucky, uh, and I was driving by myself. So I decided to make a bit of an adventure out of it and took the highways off of my GPS so that I can you know, just drive the back roads. Hmm. And I mean, I've seen small towns like out in the middle of Arkansas just dying. 
and thinking about like at least being able to prevent that in some place like this. I mean, because the small towns dying in Arkansas or whatever, it's people moving to, you know, suburbs and things like that. So it's not, you know, people sitting down on the side of the road, smoking cigarettes and just watching cars drive by. It's kind of ghost towns here. Well, there are parts of the rural Philippines where, you know, it's people living in shanties that they kind of just throw together. So working with somebody in, on the rural side and seeing that, you know, preventing that kind of decay, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is, is a definite added bonus. I mean, it's, it, I guess there's a level of gratitude that kind of comes from a lot of the staff whenever you're talking to them in person, just because, you know, Hey, thanks for, thanks for helping us get jobs out here. I mean, it's just, Oh, absolutely. That is, that is what it is. You know, that's what a lot of it is. When they see you, they know that you're more than just that guy in Plano that, that, you know, gives us instructions. You're the guy that that's providing for their family and, you know, and, and, and putting that money in their pocket to where they don't have to travel, you know, from here two, three hours away by bus or stay in a boarding house in one of the crowded cities where mm-hmm. it's expensive and, and they're away from their families. By by what you're doing and by outsourcing with us, these agents are able to, to stay with their families and make a decent salary and use the skills that they've learned. Well, and I think the other part of it is is that I definitely come, you know, try to respect them as people to a degree. You know, a lot of times whenever I've seen companies that outsource, it's it's more of like looked upon as like just an asset. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just an item that's purchased. Uh, That's not the way that I wanted our organization to function. I wanted us to be one team, you know, regardless if somebody's, you know, outsourced overseas or they're working in Plano Colorado or wherever, I want us to be one team. So I wanted that's one why I wanted that make sure that a lot of our culture got incorporated over here to where we're open and we can talk. And the fact that you know, if any of them have a problem, you know, with anything that's going on within our organization, they can tell me. I mean, they they're they, they're not. So I mean, just being able to to let them do a job that you know. They seem, you know, a lot of them seem to enjoy and have interactions that seem to help the day go by a little bit quicker and be able to, you know, make some money while feeling positive about what they do is nice. I mean, it's the same thing I'd want back home. So, you know, I like it when my staff doesn't sit out in the car going, oh, please don't make me go in there. Please don't make me go in there. Because I've had that job. I oh, mean, yeah. I, We've all been there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, 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 that's how I developed my leadership style. It's, I've had a couple good mentors, but I've also had some really bad examples that kind of showed me, the, <laughs> showed me <laughs> that there's better ways of doing things. Well, yeah, I mean, that's and that's one thing that we really do appreciate. You know, I've seen you, you know, personally. Um, I won't go into the, the details, but, you know, you've really gone above and beyond to help agents. Um, who were in need, and it was you know here on the Philippine side, and I'm certain you've done the same, you know, in the Plano. I mean, I've only ever heard good things, so I mean, I know that um, we've had to let people go in the past, mm-hmm. obviously, and I and I know you you feel you know nobody has perfect attrition, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I mean, it's like um, seeing the outsourced staff as 
as equals to your in-house staff has just given you more and more benefits than if, if oh, you yes. had just viewed them as, you know, subordinates the, or anything exactly. Like yeah. No, I've, that's something that we were always just kind of, I mean, we didn't have to be that adamant about it, you know, like go in and like kick a door open down and say, all right, all y'all, you don't treat the Filipino staff bad. I mean, it's just, I mean, make sure that whenever we were incorporating everything in, it's just like, all right, this is just like, you know, they're sitting next to you. I mean, you can't mistreat these people the same way you wouldn't want them to mistreat you. And it didn't even really take that, to be honest, because, I mean, for the most part, people are good. And they're not right. going to want to sit there and be like, well, you're from the Philippines, so I'm going to be mean. Uh, not that I'm sure, I'm sure somebody out there will do that now that I said that they don't. <laughs> but it, it's always important. And it's and it wasn't just important to me. I mean, you know, my former boss was very adamant about that. We both were side by side and agreement on that which makes that helpful i mean we see a lot of appreciation for this i mean i've had other leaders within the organization that have expressed interest to come out here and meet a lot of the staff that you know make some of their business units function so well right <laughs> well also and and too i've seen and i'm certain you've seen the same thing too i mean even, and even yourself a lot of uh, friendships have developed oh yes you know, Lots. between the two. Uh, even my own, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to one of our staff's uh, birthday, their, their kid's right. birthday party over right. the weekend. That, that was fun. That was an incredible fun. I had a great time. It was really, that's when I got to see all the kids. The, kid, the kids loved you. Hang, the kids hang out with you. <laughs> got to hang out with the kids, hang out with the grown-ups, and, you know, get to kind of experience a lot of the culture, you know, firsthand instead of, you know, at the mall or just in the office or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, I mean, there are a lot of people that haven't met each other in person at all that have made some really good friendships. Uh, I mean, even out, you know, whenever they have to deal with other departments uh, that aren't, you know, our support organization, that they'll, they'll continue to chat each other, you know, Hey, how are you doing? And all this other stuff and knowing what's going on in people's lives. Cause there's people that I'm kind of, buddies with and i'm like wait wait i didn't know that <laughs> i mean it's 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 really cool i mean it's just it's a neat thing to see is i mean how often do you get a ch chance to make a friend on the other side of the world exactly right <laughs> so and then, and then sharing the cultures and mm -hmm. you know uh, and all of that it's it's it really it's just a an amazing amazing relationship that oh, we've yeah. got going on here so uh i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up all right um Appreciate you coming and looking forward to a bright, bright future. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I enjoy being here. I enjoy working with everybody. It's um, It's been awesome, period. I just enjoy working with everybody in the Philippines. Fantastic. All right. So that will wrap it up for this installment of Telecast PH. I've been BizDev Jeff, your host. Again, thank you for listening. And please keep watching for my upcoming and future podcasts. In our next podcast, we'll have our founder and CEO, Marja Viso. She'll come on and talk about what it was like going through the startup phase and the struggles associated with a work-life balance while building a healthy company culture. And still in the pipeline, Jonathan Prevost, who will give some insight on running a completely remote team. And of course, to find out more about us, hop on over to www.teleworkph.com, where you can read more about our services client testimonials, and check out our blog written by yours truly, 
BizDev Jeff. And when you're ready to get involved, let's hop in a call and talk about ways Telework PH can bring more value to your company and how you can make an impact on poverty in the Philippines. Take care, everyone. Be safe. BizDev Jeff signing off. <laughs>